Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight and bring awareness to people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. Our hope is that you'll learn about something that inspires you, and then you'll want to find a way to make an impact somehow, some way, in your home, your community, nationally, or even globally. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. So I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest today. One of them is a good friend of mine and an inspiration to me in all the ways that she impacts women. Our second guest is a, a good friend of our first guest and has said that she's an inspiration to her as well. So I'm going to hop on this inspiration train and hope that uh, that I can make uh, Dr. Bailey a good friend of mine as well. I was going to say, where do I fill out the application to be your friend too? <laughs> <laughs> There's an application process out in the lobby. Okay. No. <laughs> she's an inspiration to many in, in all the ways that she makes a difference locally and abroad. So let's get on with the introductions, uh, because I know you're all waiting with anticipation. Cue Carly Simon over in the corner, right? You know, Made you all think of ketchup, didn't I? Right? Uh. Carly Simon, <laughs> anticipation? Yes, Okay. So my guest today, my good friend Kimberly Krieger, author, speaker, and founder of the Fellowship of Extraordinary Women, or FEW, and my soon-to-be good friend, Dr. Patricia Bailey, lecturer, author, founder of Masters Touch Ministries Global, which in turn founded UGO, Young Adults United for Global Outreach, the Global Leadership Training Center, and SO, which is Sisters Empowering the World. Dr. Bailey has served as a consultant to the UN, to heads of state, diplomats, and government dignitaries. She's also earned the Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow, so congratulations on all those things. Your accomplishments could fill a whole segment, right? So that's awesome. Welcome to the show today, ladies, Kimberly Krieger and Dr. Patricia Bailey. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you here. I think what I'll do is give each of my guests their own time to share with the audience what they do, but more importantly, why they do it. And then we'll spend some time together to kind of bring it all home. So, Dr. Bailey, let's start with you. You've been to 147 countries. You've been around the world 17 times. Not in 80 days, right? Around the world in 80 days. No. <laughs> you likely see more problems than solutions. So what keeps you going? I mean, what gets you up every morning at as early as 2 a.m., I understand? Mm -hmm. It is the passion people I believe and to see it, the joy of seeing the outcome when you have the opportunity to lift people from the situation they're in circumstance or a narrative that they've been told all their life and just never had anyone to believe in them or perhaps give them just the skill sets and the tools to unlock that prophetic and potential destiny that's on the inside of them you step back and you look and when they discover that and to know that you had any tiny part of that at all knowing that the transformation of their life, the outcome of their life, their new life, if you had any part of that at all. And to think, what if you hadn't been a part of that and they would have died with all that trapped inside of them and taken that to the grave? Mm. Those kind of things just keep me going. And so they're, they're challenges every single morning at 2 a.m. in the morning. Believe me, they're lined up in the queue and they're waiting. But it's that last testimony, that last victory report that you said, if it happened before, it can happen again. Mm. I read a book recently called Die Empty. 
Mm -hmm. it was that very concept that we're here on this earth to serve others, and we don't want to take to heaven any of the mm -hmm. talents we've been given. We want to leave them all here, right? Right here. Um, so I understand there are four things that end generational poverty uh, when they're all present in a community. Mm -hmm. So help us understand what those are, mm -hmm. and how does your organization help provide them? It is so amazing how if any one of them are left out, you know, you can say, you, you can't just say if I do two and I leave out, do two, leave out two, do three, leave out. If any one of them are left out at all, it leaves a person in systemic poverty. And it's been proven not just abroad, but right here in these United States as well. And we do. Those four pillars are adequate housing, health care, job creation, and education. So let's look at it. If you don't have proper housing, just think about the homeless situation. Just bring it locally here. You get trapped in a, in a systemic poverty without having just even the self-esteem to wake up every day knowing that, that you have adequate housing. We're not talking about extravagance, just adequate roof over your head, basic essentials for life. And then health care. If your health is being challenged, you cannot produce the, the the potential of you never comes forth there's that challenge that's in front of you so you don't have adequate housing then you have a challenge with your health and then there's no job creation to even be able to provide income for yourself sustainable income so you can have adequate housing and so that you can afford health care and then the second challenge would be if you don't have the education, just the understanding of knowing how to, how things work, how to have the academia part of your life being developed constantly, that affects job creation because mm -hmm. you got to be able to read. A large portion that falls up under education, large, large portions, a majority of populations, especially in rural areas of the world, the illiteracy rate is so high. And it's amazing. You can teach people to read. We do that in 99 days. And so in some of the most mineral-rich countries around the world, the greatest mineral wealth, the illiteracy rate is 80 and 90 percent. Mm. So you're sitting on diamonds, you're sitting on oil, you're sitting on gold, but you can't read a business contract, even if and you're sitting on the wealth. Mm. Mm. So it affects them, and it becomes systemic. So then if the mother couldn't read and then the daughter she passes on, it's not an interest to her, the daughter doesn't read, or the daughter is looking for clean water instead of going to school, then her daughter follows the same pattern. They don't have adequate housing. The lack of clean water affects the health, and it's just a, it's just a chain. Yeah. Well, I know education is such a pillar for EIG, and mm -hmm. you know we're told we should be perpetual learners, right? Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. I know that that's, that's key. Mm -hmm. I understand it's estimated that 25% of the world still does not have access to clean drinking water, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's around 2 billion people that don't have clean water to drink or bathe in. So how does a lack of clean water affect, uh, have, a, have a daily effect uh, for women and children? Even your esteem. I always tell people, pull the lens back, take it home with yourself. We're not any different than anyone else. We're just born sometimes in circumstances that gives us more access. But think of your own personal esteem if you couldn't bathe daily. The way you smell, the way you feel, and especially if you have a woman, because of our anatomy and the cycles and things that go on in our anatomy, add to that. And just think if you can't be emerged in water. Mm. And then the, the type of infections, uh, they say if a mother gets infected because she's trying to go to a place where there's unclean water, we see it all the time and she's bathing in unclean water and she's nursing her baby, then that infection that's in her now goes into the baby. And then you begin to see things like life expectancy shorten, infant mortality rates heighten, and it's all stemming back to the lack of clean water. Now how does clean water affect ed education? Well, instead of in many countries, instead of that girl going to school or her mother having, been, having had a chance to go to school, they're spending 80% of their life looking for not clean water, looking for 
water, period. And most of that water that they're searching for, that they spend 80% of their life, is unclean drinking water. Mm -hmm. And then as far as uh, uh, income opportunities and streams of income. Uh, if you Once you have clean water, the women have uh, in the market, they can grow their things, they, if they have water, period. They can grow their crops, they can sell them in the market. It's just so many different things they can do, just a lack of having, just having access to the water, the water itself. It affects so many things, health, education, self-esteem, mm. just their esteem, their dignity, just being able to have access to clean water. Yep, just something that's simple. Uh, you know, you're going without your hair being washed. You're going without your body being washed. You just and then what about hydrating your body? Yeah, your body not being yes. hydrated. So it affects everything. The, the the ability to pay attention and what it does with the brain. You know, because a large percentage of the body is water. Yeah, it's based on water. So it just it's a systemic poverty chain that stems all the way back to the lack of water. And here's the crazy part: the water is under them. Mm. The majority of the world, seventy percent of the world's Fresh water is underground. So if we could just continue to get people to wake up to that, to understand, and this 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 challenge, quote unquote, global crisis, can be provided for 17 cents a day. Mm -hmm. So think about how many times we blow 17 cents in a day. In America, you have to say, in this economy now, what can you even buy for 17 right. cents? And right. to think that that minuscule amount can change the entire world if each person or a majority of people would say, my little bit makes a difference. It's kind of like the story that the boy that had the, was it the starfish or whatever, that they came up to shore and, and the old man said, his daddy said, you know, they're all here and you can't save all of them. And, and the little boy says to the daddy, but he took one and threw it back in and said, but I saved that one. We have to have that yeah. kind of concept that we may not be able to change the entire world of nearly 8 billion people, but if we can just reach one, it literally makes a difference, especially to that one person that's the recipient. Mm -hmm. So providing clean water if a person made that a part of their personal constitution like you know what in my whole 365 days out of the year our family will have a constitution we may not be able to change the world but we're going to provide a filter a hundred dollars which is you know we're going to provide and you take that throughout the whole year that's ten dollars a month for one filter we sacrifice ten dollars as a family the whole family sacrifice $10 a month so that one family could have a water filter that provides 150 gallons a, a, a day for 10 years and can provide for 10 other families. So because that family made a sacrifice for $10, $10 a month, which is then you break that down to how much it is per day, then it's a shifting in our mindset. We can really do this. And that's why the collaboration part is so key. It's renewing the minds of people to understand we can really do this. Yeah, I know when Kimberly brought the uh, the initiative, the water project, which we'll talk about a little bit more in another segment, but it, she was so passionate about it. And when you actually put the numbers in front of people and say, oh, my gosh, I mean, $100 can affect a community, and then you provide a business and all these things. I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's so many <laughs> wonderful things to talk about, but um, it's just so exciting and to, to hear somebody that's passionate about it. It's contagious, right? Mm -hmm. it Someone is. talks about it, they're compassionate about it, they're passionate about it, um, then the person they're speaking to is mm -hmm. compassionate and passionate mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. and it, it just, it's mm -hmm. an on and so mm -hmm. on and so on and so on, right? Um, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, we're all going to learn about what the quote one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. What does that mean to these inspirational, impactful women on a mission? So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, 
Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Kimberly Krieger and Dr. Patricia Bailey, uh, who they partner together on some different initiatives, and we're going to learn about that later uh, in the show. But So, Kimberly, let's learn about you. Give us a little 411 on KJK, and then tell us how you and Dr. Bailey met. All right. Um, well, the 411 nutshell is I have a lot of kids, um, 12 to be more specific, and um, I founded an organization called the Fellowship of Extraordinary Women, not because I deem myself as extraordinary. Um, most of my life, I prayed to just be ordinary. Oh, God, could I just be normal? Could I just have a car that works, <laughs> get the bills paid, have kids who listen, you know, own a home? Don't we all want that? <laughs> I mean, it was like I just felt like I, I wasn't even close to the mark of normal. And um, through all the suffering and all the trials and tribulations of a large family and loving someone who was chemically dependent and finding out that I was very much a codependent enabler and then going on my own journey of health and wellness mentally and emotionally and spiritually, my sights were set a little higher. I, I, I was like, ordinary, I wasn't made for mediocrity. Ordinary, I wanted to be just normal nah, no, let, let's shoot higher. And, um, and because of that destiny that's alive inside of us and that DNA that's in every one of us, I believe every person knows they were made for something mm. much greater than ordinary or normal. And so my organization exists really to give women hope that they can absolutely live an extraordinary life. It doesn't matter where they were, what they did, what their circumstances were, and really my life is living proof. Mm, and that it is. I know when I first met you, first of all, I was like, that girl has 12 kids. <laughs> no way. I love that you called me a girl and not a lady or well, a well, woman or a ma'am. You're, you're younger than me so that, you know, everybody younger it. than me is like a, a girl. But um, it was, again, just you meet Kimberly Krieger and you're immediately inspired by, well, first of all, your story, because your story is, is, is really something. But then all the ways that you're impacting and inspiring people. And that's what this show is all about. You know, we want to highlight those people. There's enough negativity in this world that you'll find it. I mean, if you're looking oh, yeah. for negativity, you're yep. going to find it. But if you flip the filter and say, let's look for those positive things out there, you're sure to find them. And you both are, are examples of that. But why don't you share with our audience how you and Dr. Bailey met? Okay. So I founded FEW in 2014. And um, I just, I want to say this because I think somebody listening really needs to hear this. When I founded my organization and had to give it a legal entity name, there were two women from Wisconsin involved. And I called it FEW International Organization because I knew that my vision was global. And I knew that we would reach women all over the globe with this message of extraordinary living. I knew that women and children would need our assistance all over the globe. So simultaneously, while I established that, I purchased the domain name for my nonprofit, which did not exist. In fact, that was 11 years ago. And it was as of two, two or three weeks ago that my nonprofit does now exist. Yay! And so I want somebody yeah, out there yes. with a vision to hear me when I say 
run with the vision. It doesn't matter how long it takes. I've been paying for that domain for 11 years and, and I get to use it now. And so, um, you know, my vision was always to do things on a global scale and not just to do these alone, but to activate an army of women to come alongside and do these things with me because who can do this alone? Right, right. Dr. Bailey? Who can do this alone? And so, um, you know, in the course of all of that, few is it's on the tracks and we're helping women we're certifying women coaches we're training them as leaders we're publishing their stories we're giving them a platform you know something that i just realized in the last couple days we provide community we provide connection Mm. we provide confidence and this is my favorite we provide courage oh because you know what courage is so contagious oh yeah and so as you're around courageous women guess what happens to you you become become courageous Mm -hmm. and courage is not the lack of fear it's advancing in spite of fear and this few army is an army of women who have advanced in spite of every possible fear myself included Mm. I was the most fearful person I've ever met (laughs) so um, as we're going along doing all this I had a speaking engagement in June for uh, Melva Pastor Melva Henderson um, her gathering for women called women in worship and one of the other speakers on the docket was this Dr. Patricia Bailey well I will go to my death saying this thank God I didn't google her I am so glad I did not Google her because I would have been like, you know, when she began to talk to me. So, um, but instead, we just had this very organic friendship develop instantly. And I just felt in my spirit to just, she asked me to do a couple things for her um, on the second day after we met. And I just felt like, I just felt this prompting, give her whatever she wants. You know, that was kind of the prompt, like, say yes. Whatever she asks you, say yes. Well, then that evening I heard her speak, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I sat through her whole talk crying. I, I was so moved. And, you know, I, I often say, Jill, and I think I said it first here on your show when I was here last time, that it's not enough to be moved. Mm-hmm. So what if you're moved? You need to be moved to action. Mm-hmm. That's why you're moved. Emotions are to get you to do something, not just to feel something in the moment. And she moved me to action. And by the end of that weekend that I, I'm going to call it, Mm -hmm. encountered Mm -hmm. her. Divine intervention. (laughs) It was a a divine connection. Um, I asked her, I said, will you teach me? Will you take me with you? Will you, can I just serve you? Because um, I had this global vision, as I mentioned before, and she, it was so evident to me, she was the doorway Mm. that I wasn't going to get where I was supposed to go unless I went through the doorway of Dr. Patricia Bailey. And to me, that didn't mean I want to ride your coattails and I want to share in the credit and I wanted, you know, I just want to throw some money on the table so that we can do things in air quotes together. It meant serving her cause and making her cause my cause. And that was how I was going to fulfill that vision. And because I'm part of a network of women, I was like, Hey, ladies, we are going to do this. And so it was, I remember that did. very clearly. We're she all did. like, yes, we are. She didn't just get me. She got she got we right. And the rest is kind of becoming history. Mm. 
I love the analogy of the door because I was at uh, the Ark Encounter this last summer. Oh. And they talked about the importance of the door, yeah. you know, in the Ark and how yeah. um, you had to go through, you had to walk through the door in order to be saved. And Ooh. it was just so eye-opening for me. I had never heard that reference, and it's just interesting that you say that now. So um, I can think of another good quote that embodies uh, the relationship that you have with Dr. Bailey, and that's, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go farther, go together. Oh, that's good. Isn't that good? Yeah. It's sometimes about getting things done expeditiously, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. there's value in that. But more importantly, it's to make a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to dive into how Kimberly and Dr. Bailey are doing that after our commercial break. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Kimberly Krieger and Dr. Patricia Bailey. So I want to throw a stat out there because I'm a stats girl. Uh, Kimberly, you shared this with me, that in Liberia, four women die every day as a result of pregnancy-related causes. Let me say that again. Four women die every day as a result of pregnancy-related causes, while 15 infants die at childbirth. Now, I like to use statistics because um, there are certain ones that just stick with you, right? And and that's that's good because that gets people moving. Like mm-hmm. we said, you you want to we want to be able to give you information that's going to move you, but we want to move you to the point of action. And mm-hmm. statistics will help drive that, and stories of impact. So why don't you, lovely ladies, explain uh, some of these different initiatives that you guys are working on together? Well, Dr. Bailey, you know a lot more about what's going on on in Liberia than I do, so you you kick us off. This all began with a story. The story of a lady, like any other mother that was excited about, about to deliver her baby, and thinking at that point she's going to have a normal delivery, and she was at that point. The only challenge is that makes her somewhat different than many of those in the listening audience is she just happens to be born in Liberia in a country that's a war-torn country, which happens to be the stepchild to America. It was one of the countries that was our colony. We abandoned them. And the after the war, it was a country left as a fallen state. The closest clinic or medical help to this mother is nine hours away. She lives in the rural area, an area called Riverses, totally neglected by the government. So what they do is when you're about to give birth and you're coming to close to that time, you have to call. They know, like, because in this area, there aren't, like, vehicles. There aren't roads commonly like we know here. It's a world that we don't know. So the few people that do have a, a truck or whatever, four hours away, six hours away, three hours away, you kind of book your and they kind of like stand by for you, and you prepay. So that when your time comes, they come into the bush and get you. Mm-hmm. Well, the man's car, his truck broke down. So then he sends the money back. They do everything, everything, everything by electronic fund transfers. They were ahead of us on that because of the fallen banking systems. So they have to send her money back on the phone, and they have to try to find another village around where somebody else has a vehicle that they can come and get her and take her into the clinic. That person gets stuck in the mud because there aren't roads and it's rainy season, and you, you you'd have to see how deep down these vehicles you have to. They literally dig their way out, and so going through this process of trying to get medical attention, she now delivers the baby, but has a complication after birth, 
And because she's stuck with no access to health care, stuck with no access to health care, it started out a normal pregnancy. In America, with access to health care, that, that situation would have been corrected immediately, and she bleeds out in the back of the car. She gives birth to the baby and dies. The baby then, of course, is taken to the father who's left back with, at that time we thought, five children. And later on, as we begin to, which I want to hopefully bring out in a little short time we have, the very missing ingredient, but it was an ingredient that wasn't missing with Kim. She took the time to ask the probing question beyond the surface. What can I do? Because mm. you can hear this story, and people listening now, it can just be like, wow. But she went further and allowed to what I can't seem to understand how we come to a place in our life, whether you're a parent or not, whether you've had a child or not, that you can become desensitized to life, a baby. You can literally let some kind of agenda or narrative confuse you or reprogram you to say that life's not worth it, a baby's not worth it, it doesn't matter. What happens in your heart to get to that place, that desensitize? So here this baby left with the dad. The dad doesn't know what to do with the newborn baby. He gets overwhelmed with nine kids. He takes a woman in the village and runs off and leaves the children with the 86-year-old grandmother. And so what is this 86-year-old grandmother going to do with nine children? And the baby not being able to be breastfed and not being able to get the milk and everything needed. The mother's not The baby dies. Mm. And so now she's trying to figure out what she's going to do with it. So we really thought when we put our host person there on the phone, we thought we were getting ready to just see the family that was left with these children. We think we're going to see the dad. And we hear the story for the first time. And Kim asked the mother, the grandmother, the question that you asked of the grandmother. I just said, how did you feel when you found out that you were all these children had left? Mm. And she said um, that she was so overwhelmed. She didn't know what she was going to do. And she was so destitute that she asked God to just take her home. She mm. wanted to die. That's how overwhelmed she was. and destitute she was at 86 years old. And we saw those boys. We yeah. saw those children on, on, on the video call. And um, we looked at their faces mm -hmm. and realized their mother passed away, mm -hmm. their father abandoned them, mm -hmm. all in a matter of baby a couple of months. Dies. The baby died. Several older brothers had gone into the bush to try to earn an income, mm -hmm. which Dr. Bailey taught me that was code for become child soldiers. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the devastation to this one family, and we thought it was five. And when we got on the phone that day, learned it was nine children two in the bush, two in another um, city in Liberia, mm -hmm. and these ones that were remaining. Mm -hmm. And um, we just, we couldn't leave that mm -hmm. like the that. The thing that stood out to me with Kim was, because like I've been doing this for over four decades in 147 countries, and I can't tell you how many people I have been around that hear the same kind of story, and they go, Oh, yeah, but something was or, different in her. Yeah. So Kim took the lead. She's like, what is it going to take? To, uh, what is it what is it to take care of their to, to their rent or uh, get housing and the kids to get them back in school what will it take so she's asking Abraham these questions and she doesn't know I'm sitting back looking like <laughs> like mm -hmm. my proud mother <laughs> yeah. like look at this and little did we know unbeknownst to me so they're living in the bush in a little thatch roof house and then in their local vernacular and pigeon English she goes I don't die oh 
I don't die, which means I just want to die. I didn't know mm. what to do. So Abraham, we begin to ask questions like, what will it take? What will it take? So we hang up the phone. We say, Abraham, go find a place. Now, we're talking on speakerphone on WhatsApp, right? So the people in the village are all surrounded, and they hear the story. So when they hear that these people from America are inquiring about a house for someone to stay, they go run to their relatives. And by the time we get off the phone, within a matter of minutes, Abraham has like three he has houses multiple to choose houses from. To choose from. He chooses the houses by the school. We say, how did you do that so quick? And Kim saw this. I didn't see this on the house it said it was graffiti but it, it said the house the god's house the center for peace or something like yes. that Aww. and we took that house we you know plastered it we did it and everything so now listen to this story granny goes from i don't know how i'm going to take care of the kids to now someone's paid their rent for two years and then the kids are back in school and then kim has this idea she's still pro and she's still going past the surface she's going past you know and then she says it's you know because we believe in sustainability and not creating dependencies so she said we get a generator and then we know that if we take that generator, they can get their cell phones charged, that people will come to them to charge their cell phones because it's not electricity. So this family goes from a thatch roof village to now being brought to Zamitown, to now being able to go to school. They have electricity. Now they have a business. They're set up in business where the boys now are brought out of the bush and they can provide income to take care of granny and the babies. And they are the talk of the town because <laughs> somebody <laughs> went past the, the, you know, they just took went past the surface and said, what can I do? Yeah. And here's the crazy part. Rent for the entire year for two years was $200. The rent was $10 a, a month. month. Oh, my God. Help us We stop. did everything she just said we did for $600. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's what people need to understand. What Americans spend $600 on and don't even bat it. Just women, open your closet and look at your shoes. Mm -hmm. right. And tell me mm -hmm. you can't make this kind of impact on a family in Liberia. Yeah. And then the kids to go to school, the kids got back in school. And for the kids to go to school for the entire year, PTA fees, uniform, uh, school uniforms, uh, exercise uniforms and everything, for the entire year, for, for the kids all together, I think it was like $200. Mm. And we're like, look at this. Yeah. So you begin to think at the end of our life and we look back and think of what we could have done. Yes. It's all about a life of stewardship. Yes. Absolutely. Heaven watches and monitors what you do with what he gives you. Yes. yes. And Granny, uh, Auntie came to care for the children. Thank the Lord. She she stepped up and said, I'll live here with the kids. She probably wasn't hating the new house and the generator. And uh, Granny was so, like, a switch was flipped. She was full of joy. And she said, I'm going back to my village, but you said you'd help me too. Don't forget me. <laughs> and then she started doing a little dance. She, and literally her morning turned into laughter. Her morning yes. turned into dancing. In a day. Yeah. In one day. One day. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see in a year from now, in five years from yes. now, what mm -hmm. God is doing yes. with, with the people who have stepped up, mm -hmm. right? Um, the Gibson family, that's their name. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. so if we got prayers, prayers yes. over there. The they Gibson children, yes. yes. We yes. can use the prayers. Um, we could just go on and on and on because there's so much good <laughs> stuff here. But <laughs> yes, but I do have to take a break. Um, lots of inspiration here, though. But one of the things about my involvement with FEW is that it's a bunch of women, and again, FEW is the uh, Fellowship of Extraordinary Women that Kimberly Krieger founded. And what's great about it is it's a bunch of women who want what's best for each other. You know, it's not a competition. It's about encouraging and building each other up, walking alongside someone to help them be all God created them to be. And it's it's not just Kimberly doing this. It's all the amazing women. So as Harry Truman said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Yes. Right? So it's time for another commercial break, but when we return... 
we're going to hear about the power of collaboration. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And I'm talking in this last segment again with Kimberly Krieger, author, speaker, founder of Few International, and Dr. Patricia Bailey, founder of Masters Touch Ministries, Yugo, Global Leadership Training Center, and the Sisters Empowering the World, and many other things. It goes on and on and on. So let's talk about the power of collaboration. You know, we talk a lot about that on the show because it's not all about us, right? It's about we, bringing people together, united, to create impact, right? So, Dr. Bailey, what are some surprising results from collaborating with Kimberly and Few have you seen? The acceleration, being able to have more leverage, being able to do more with the less amount of time, and just just the acceleration of things happening. And uh, I think that's so powerful to see the leverage that comes through collaboration. Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's it amazes me why some nonprofits are saying, oh, we can't work with them because this is our thing. It's like there's enough to go around. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. bring it together and have uh, mm-hmm. greater impact. Kimberly, what would you say the surprising results of collaboration with Dr. Bailey have been for you? Oh, the list could go on. But I would just say um, the open doors. You know, I, I, I grew up catering, and one of the things a, a very um, strong Greek chef taught me was never, ever do rework. Don't mm-hmm. do the same thing twice. So why would I recreate something that she's already created? Like, to me, that's so inefficient. It's ineffective. Not only that, but I have so much to learn. She is the person I want to learn from. And so instead of having to build something from the ground up, I just jumped on board with something that's been clipping along on those tracks for 43 years. Mm. And I get to benefit from her years of experience. And so do all the women working with me. And she's just extended nothing but opportunities to us to learn, to grow, to be a part of global impact. It's, it's truly a dream come true. Mm. And I've seen it. We've witnessed it with through few, and then we kind of jumped on the bandwagon with Ellen Becker Investment Group. Yes. And, you know, so many great things happening. And, again, we can't cover everything now, but we're just trying to plant a little mustard mm-hmm. seed. Yes. So we it's want up to people you, to audience. work together. Yeah. Work together. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. It matters who gets impacted. Right, right. Focus on some, the end. So there may be someone listening, Kim. There may be someone listening to saying, well, I've always had a passion for clean water, and I didn't know where to begin. Yes. I've always had a, a concern about women's health, global. I didn't know where to begin. And some years ago, before the late Maya Angelou died, we did a, a, a global health initiative together. And so her leverage and what she'd been doing and her influence allowed the little part that we had an interest in uh, 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 female genital mutilation, where they still circumcise young girls. I mean, I would have never gotten the coverage that she would have. So like with Kim never inventing something back over again, like she's got water filters being distributed throughout the continent of Africa and we laugh all the time because we had this training in, in, in Jamaica because this person did a presentation and said at zero cost <laughs> so we say that all the time it's at zero cost to Kim she didn't have to pay for plane tickets she didn't have That's to pay right. for customs she didn't have to pay yes. through collaboration yes. mm-hmm. and so then why wouldn't I want to do that because now she she's an audience of people who have a passion to want to do it and then we have people that are the footmen that are ready to make it happen and that's how things accelerated in the story that we told previously and 
and the, the the initiative that we're doing in South Africa. Now she's going on to. I mean, that's how things are accelerating. She Absolutely. had this global piece that God had given her. Didn't know how it was going to be. Now he, she is getting ready in South Africa to empower a power up a whole community of women that were victims of gender based violence. And the piece that she has, the desire to help with women. That story, the lady that we just told, to have access to health care. She doesn't have to go to Liberia right now. She doesn't have to go to some of these places, but she's actually going there, not just herself, but with her women as well, just through the collaboration. Well, That's what I right. love what you said one time for a few, Kimberly, was that you don't have to be the goer. Yes. You know, you, you can, can be the sower. Yes. yes. And so everybody benefits from that Absolutely. just as much. You know, uh, with these benefits being so powerful and evident, why do you think more organizations don't work together on initiatives? Well, I'll just say that I think that um, sadly, too many people put their their worth into their what they're doing, and so they're afraid to share the credit because that chips away at their worth and their value. But we don't get our worth from what we do. It's it's about who we are. That was given to us. That's something we just have to believe and receive. Yeah. I wish more people would set that aside and just think about the end result and the impact they could have if they would take advantage of the synergy of mm -hmm. collaboration. Mm. And yeah. they miss this. What you make happen for others ultimately happens for you. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, gosh, this stuff is so good, but I, I have to close up the interview. <laughs> um, tell me in just a few words uh, what your call to action is to our listening audience. You go first. Well, I just want to see people give. Um, really, it's think global, but start local. So what can you do in your community? How, who can you give to? Who can you collaborate with? Do something. Just don't do nothing. Right. Move now on whatever level you're on. Little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. 17 cents a day can change a world. So listening to this interview, who's willing to say, and I trust is the person that's hearing, I'm going to start today with our family saying, in this year, we're going to help one family starting today. And tell us quickly where they would go to get that information, to learn more. Um, well, they would go to Dr. Bailey's Patriciabailey.org. Yes, mm -hmm. patriciabailey.org. She's got a give button. She's got the water initiatives, all the different things they can get involved in. And um, tell them they can even just do the Contact Us page and, and reach out to her organization and, and get involved where their heart is really broken for people. Okay. I, I've got to tell you, audience, you've got to reach out to, uh, to um, listen to find some more information uh, about these ladies, Dr. Patricia Bailey and Kimberly Krieger. I want to thank you both for being here today, for seeing the challenges and the suffering, the problems, and making it a priority to find a solution. Right. Yes. To create positive change, both yes. individually in your respective organizations, but also collectively together with a number of others who want to make a difference in the world, too. So thank you for participating in our interview today and sharing your mission, your vision, your purpose and your passion. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. Thank this you. was amazing. It's been You're great. welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making a lasting impact in our community, our country, and our world. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, and you can now listen on demand through Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. 
So I've got to believe that either or both of these ladies, Kimberly Krieger or Dr. Bailey, have made an impression on you, inspired you in some way, and hopefully will cause you to want to make a difference in our world in your own way. Think about what motivates you. What gets your heart beating faster and faster? What breaks your heart? What kind of change do you want to see in the world? And then do something about it. Decide how you can use your time, your talents, and your treasure to be that difference maker and to build a legacy of benevolence. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thank you for listening and have a great day.